0: Sometimes our listeners ask us to do more on certain crypto subject matter. We've heard you, and today we bring you Les. Les Borsai, that is. An L.A.-based tech entrepreneur and music promoter and manager, Les has been dabbling and creating in the blockchain space for a number of years. Today, we cover a lot of ground in our discussion with Les, and by the time we're done, we think you'll agree that it's more. How many more or less puns can we squeeze into this episode? About eight more or less on this episode number 540 <laughs> of the bad crypto podcast
1: prime who's there?
0: do the boys want more
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> 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 what commercial was that? The boys want less. Was that like less filling? Tastes great, something or other.
1: Probably something like that. But I didn't know where you were going with that, so I just yeah. figured I would just. Yeah, be the contrarian. boys want more, The
0: boys want less, and you're going to get less today. But you're going to get more of us. I'm Joel Com. That's Travis Wright. This is the Bad Crypto Podcast.
1: This is episode number five hundred and something.
0: Something. <laughs> <laughs> exactly awesome. that number in fact and we are the show for the crypto curious the crypto serious where the blockchain blockheads the crypto clowns the DeFi dofi, the nft nerds and what else can we be
1: we can be lots of things uh we are the podcast pimps today talking
0: I didn't know where you're going with that i almost thought that was going to be podcast penises i'm really glad that It was pimps,
1: pimps, or the pimps of podcasting. You know, I thought this guy's last, you know, I thought this was actually Joel Kahn we were talking to for a second because he kind of looks like you, except, and we do have a photo to prove it. We have met him at an event. I had it on my phone. And uh, so you can actually check the show notes for it. But uh, he was looking pretty much like Joel. And then Joel said, nope, I'm going to grow my hair out, but I'm not going to tell Les this. And then so whenever we did the interview, Les was like, oh, no, I don't look like you as much anymore. Now, now Les is probably growing his hair out.
0: Yeah. I, so I am now on, I want to say eight months or no, 10 months with no cut. So wow. it is flowing and growing and there's no sign that I'm stopping. Hmm. Oh, I, I need it's my beach be ponytail. Gonna, it's <laughs> <laughs> no man buns uh, though i you no have a man, man
1: bun. you know what's gonna be funny is like you're gonna be asleep sometime with like, aaron put <laughs> his hair in a man bun and then take a photo <laughs> then we'll make it an nft and we'll put it on ipfs and then it'll be there forever
0: got some exciting news to share with you guys about matrix port they just raised a cool hundred million dollars in their series c funding value hundred
1: million dollars
0: mm -hmm, the value is now over a billion and makes them the latest crypto unicorn they're the fastest growing crypto financial platform in asia offering retail and institutional investors some of the largest variety of yield products on the market and as an introductory offer to listeners of this show New users can earn an enormous 30% APY on USDC stablecoin deposits. If you sign up through the link I'm about to give you, 30% simply by holding your USDC in a Matrixport account, badco.in forward slash Matrixport. Try to get 30% interest at any bank. In fact, try to get interest at all of any percentage at any bank you can't badco.in forward slash matrix port go check it out and we thank them for being a sponsor of this here show
1: yeah 30 percent apy now let's chat with Les borsai a couple of years ago
0: i encountered my doppelganger well more doppel less gangy met a gentleman by the name of Les Borsai, and Les, uh, I'm a few years his senior, but he's, and he's not quite as good looking as me, but we are similar. Some people could easily mistake us, not with the hair the way I have it right now, though, Les. I'm actually not sure that you are older than me. I mean, you look older, but I'm, I'm, I'm certain sure. of it because I'm looking at your bio right now. You were born in 1968. So I was born the year the Beatles invaded America. Uh, but you are an L.A.-based tech entrepreneur, a music promoter, a manager, an advisor in crypto blockchain. And all of these things, you're deep, deep, deep in the blockchain, crypto and NFT space. I mean, you knew CryptoPunks when CryptoPunks came out.
2: I did. So, and, I, and I was fortunate enough to buy one and fortunate enough to lose one. Um, you know, a, as we do with wallets, sometimes I, we can't find. Travis wouldn't know anything about losing stuff at all.
1: So what you're saying, less is you have less CryptoPunks than you should have?
0: Uh, by half. By
2: half.
1: Okay. That
0: did you plus. get a free one when they came out or did you, you no, buy no,
2: one? No, because, you know, if I did, it would have been connected to the wallet that I originally purchased it with. And um, so, but I did get aggressive about buying me bits, um, after that whole CryptoPunk punk me bit drop, keep your hands off me bits. <laughs> don't be, don't even be looking at my bits, let
0: alone talking about me bits. Yeah, okay. Missed,
1: so I missed me bits. I wasn't, I was like, Oh, let me grab a me. Bit. Oh damn. They're already gone. What the hell?
2: Yeah. No, bits I mean, you can always you. just take the approach I take and just, you know, pay more on open uh, apparently because I miss every drop. It, it's hard to stay on Twitter. Why don't you give us the uh, short version of your your
0: bio? What you've done, who you've worked with, and how you went down the crypto rabbit hole.
2: So uh, I'll try to make it incredibly concise. When when I was a, a young kid, uh, I ran actually you know left home very early. I was going to say ran away, uh, and I needed to find a way to make a living. And what I did was I started throwing parties in warehouses, um, which was really the first incarnation of the rave scene. And this was like right around 1988. Um, and it was interesting because, you know, the business model for DJs was much more lucrative than, you know, record um, current kind of concert promotion model. So I got hired by a big concert promotion company. Uh, and then I ended up becoming the head of tour marketing for MCA Records um, by the time I was 22. And then I went to the Silicon Valley after that, which was kind of my first love affair with tech and uh, music. Um, and it was an enhanced CD company where a lot of the information could be kept on the disc to create a better experience because we didn't have a very fast internet back then. Uh, and I did that. Then I came back here and I managed artists, um, including Jason Mraz and a bunch of other artists. And I woke up one day and I, I did not want to do that anymore. So I further engaged kind of in tech music plays and launched a bunch of kind of iPhone apps with music artists using real masters and, You know, learn how to license IP and and create kind of these alternative ways to make income. But at the same time, you know, I saw Bitcoin trading for about 200 a coin in 2013. uh, And I became an advisor for Ripple uh, in 2013. And in 2014, I did the Ethereum presale. I feel like I should take a pause and let you say something, but there's a little more, I guess. (laughs) Um, So as I got into crypto and kind of participated in, you know, all of the, the ICOs that were happening, I got together with David Seamer, who was a venture capitalist. He uh, had the Wavemaker Funds in Asia and another guy named Ben Sine. We, we co-founded Wave Financial. Um, and what Wave is, we, we were really preparing for the institutional acceptance of blockchain and cryptocurrency. And we formed it about three years ago. And it, it's really three simple things. It's a series of venture funds. Um, you know, including the Cardano fund. Uh, we also do um, treasury management for high, uh, high net worths and protocols, and we create financial products. Um, I think we've now passed about $600 million in AUM. Um, so that's exciting. You know, our, our, we made it through kind of 18, 19, and 20 somehow, and kind of like the the Forrest Gump shrimp boat. You know, we made it through. So, you know, we're still here. Um but at the same time, I got really interested in NFTs. So I'll, I'll pause there for a minute. That was kind of the background.
1: <laughs> and I do, I do remember you now even more clearly because when Joel mentioned the doppelganger thing, I was like, oh yeah, everywhere. I think it was World Cryptocon or something. We'd turn around and like, oh wait, here's the guy that looks like Joel again, kind of. And we, we do have some photos together. I've seen it on my phone, so.
2: Yeah, we, were really, we were really close back then. You know, I had to of- grow my hair
0: more because i'm in you know but here's my glasses that i normally wear so those yeah, are really kind of similar yeah
1: yeah it is true now next time we see Les, he's going to have like this big all huge mane of hair he's going to be like hey joel how are you doing i wanted to make sure to stay close that's good uh, i mean
2: my hair was like that for many many years i mean think about it I came from the music business I'll, I'll share some of those photos later <laughs> very nice so what So what
1: are some of the things, because you've done a lot of stuff, right? I mean, there's no, there's no denying it. You got into crypto pretty early, you know, especially if you were part of the Ethereum uh, pre-sale and whatnot. Like, what what excites you the most right now? Like, what are some of the developments that you just go, damn, there's some really cool stuff hit, heading up in this area?
2: Well, you know, about four months ago, um, you know, I was looking at a lot of the DeFi stuff. And, and as a, you know, registered investment advisor, we kind of had to be careful around, you know, the DeFi stuff, but I was really kind of frustrated because I wanted our team, the younger guys, especially to be looking at this stuff. You know, when you take a look at the way they're approaching, um, you know, financial um, yield and returns through DeFi. I mean, I just loved the attitude about it first off. And you take a look at the returns and what these guys are doing. It was really incredible. Um, so I wanted my guys to kind of, Pay attention to that kind of thing, and, and I ended up just kind of going down the rabbit hole with it, and really, you know, trying to understand, you know, why this was working so well. But the thing that really got exciting was I, you know, came across this uh, site called Avagache and it, it was incredible. You know, these guys were incorporating NFTs, putting cryptocurrency, you know, inside the NFTs, creating metaverses, um, you know, and you saw this this huge economy. Emerging, you know, that was gamified. Um, and, you know, these guys were doing anywhere from 20 to $90 million of business a day, you know, in transactions. And, you know, they had a robust, you know, market that they could sell things out of. It. And that's really where the light kind of turned on. And I, um, you know, convinced them that I should be an advisor. And the thing about uh, Avagache was they had this meme called Gachi Gang, uh, which was a little pump. You know, it was a play on Gucci Gang. And so I, I, you know, negotiated to get a little pump uh, into Avogache. Uh and it, and it was really cool because, you know, it was like this organic way to stick an artist into, um, you know, a platform and, and not be like overtly promoting it. It was just something cool that the artist could do. So what that really did was opened up my eyes to DeFi and NFTs, you know, which I think is one of the most kind of exciting combinations that's emerging because there's so much you can do with NFTs. Um, Let, let's talk about that. You know, what are some of the
0: interesting use cases you're seeing now and where do you think it's going? What, what will be really cool and get you stoked when you see it happen?
2: So, yeah, I mean, and, and just to back up a little bit, you know, I always had an artist sense.
0: We day, don't back up here. We just go forward. I'm just going to go. We forward. just run over the stuff. Cause if you back up, you know, like when you go bring your rental car back and it pops your tires, dude, you don't
2: want a flat tire. I've done that. Um, (laughs) Where do you go from that? I was looking at a lot of the sites. You you ignore me and you keep talking. I was looking at at a lot of the sites. And, and, you know, for me, Nifty Gateway and a lot of those sites weren't the best representation for an artist. You know, they would lump artists together. and, And I, you know, like to joke that you'd be the biggest artist on eBay, you know, if you were doing a drop, if you're a musician or whatnot. And so as I looked at kind of these, these, rare use cases of being able to you know either integrate an artist subtly or boy when you bring something up like that it totally throws you off like in my head i'm just spinning around like going where do i get back to this um but i'm here for you man this is this thanks. is you know I, you come on bad crypto what do you expect you re- really appreciate it but you know so so back to kind of avogache the things that really became exciting you know i was always a collector I, you know i was not a good collector. I collected hockey cards, which were probably the worst thing to collect, but I liked that they fought with sticks and they were fun to collect. So, you know, in in addition to that, I, I collected art. So the first thing that was really, you know, really struck me was I knew that there would be DEXs where you could trade, you know, digital collectibles. And if I invested, you know, a good amount of money into a digital collectible, I always liked the idea that I could pull it out immediately. You know, with the art on my walls, it's impossible to pull it out. You know, I'd have to go to Sotheby's, I'd have to wait, you know, six months till they have the right type of contemporary show, you know, and I may get the price or not get the price. And the things that the DeFi guys, you know, really understood was the ability to, to you know, lend against or borrow against uh, an asset, whatever that underlying asset is. So if you looked at an NFT, kind of in the same way as just kind of any token, you now had immediate liquidity um, as these things, you know, begin to emerge. The other thing that, you know, I saw was these things. Could, these things could earn money for you, you know, um, with the way the DAOs were working and, and money was going back into that ecosystem and being redistributed. You know, you could do things like, re, you know, create uh, uh, a game where there was rarity and scarcity in the NFT that you own. Um, and based on that, and this was another thing that was an avgache, they would redistribute the money they might be making from the market um, because of the way it was governed. So that, that was really cool too that you know you could earn money with a collectible. The other thing that was really, really innovative to me was you know I bought you know, a handful of um, apes from board Ape Yacht Club, you know that connection to you know where, where the Metaverse component, the web3 components are coming, uh, you know the fact that, I could make that investment. I liked them anyway, and then they would airdrop me dogs from the kennel. You know that had huge value. You know if I go out and buy a painting, they're not sending me a free painting in a couple of weeks. Um, and so I thought that was really also cool that you could do that. And you know these things could change eventually. And, and um, you know if you look at the Me Bits, which we were talking about earlier, I mean the coolest thing about the Me Bits, you know, is I put an Oculus Quest on. And my identity is connected to my me Bit. It's just right there already. And it's going to be interesting to see, you know, how the Facebook avatars, you know, don't allow me Bits to do all the same things that the Facebook avatars are going to allow uh, and how that's going to impact it. But you can take a me Bit, for instance, which I did, um, and you can turn it into an AR artifact, an augmented reality artifact, uh, and have it do a whole bunch of things. So I think, you know, a collectible is not just a collectible. I think the people that look at it like, well, you know, why would I invest in this art? It's really all the different kind of underlying functionalities you can have with these things that, that make them interesting and the innovations. And, and it's the same kids that are innovating DeFi. They're innovating um, a lot of the same kids anyway, that are innovating uh, the NFT space right now.
1: Right on. So you mentioned that you've been in the music industry for a long time. You've done a lot of stuff in that space. So, you know, kind of piggybacking on with that, with the NFTs and DeFi, like what are some of the things that you're seeing in the music space that's maybe sort of blowing your mind or where do you think, you know, things are gonna be heading down the road or what is an ideal kind of a cool NFT music thing that, that, that gets you gets you going?
2: Well, yeah, it's funny. Uh, so I was involved in, in, you know, the marshmallow drop that was on Ido, you know, just, just from a connecting point of view. Uh, more than anything else and it was exciting to see that happen because that was actually a staking um, auction so the currency that went into the piece you know which essentially was loaned out you know creates almost this annuity um, back to the artist and it was a quite sizable kind of nft drop i think it might have been the second biggest entertainment drop um so that was pretty exciting but i think you know like anything else the thing that really happened when everything was on fire was every single kind of record company guy and manager and artist was saying, where's ours? Where's ours? And they weren't thinking about crypto necessarily in the same way, you know, during 17 when the ICOs happened. As a matter of fact, you know, there was a lot lot of problems with promoting ICOs. The thing that's interesting about this is you don't really have the same problems. Um, You know, a collectible doesn't have to be the music. So you can get away with not doing the same rights uh, you get away with kind of launching something without the same rights issues in terms of a major artist not owning their publishing or master recordings. Um, so that makes it really interesting as well. And these guys are getting smart about what they want to do. If you look at what Katy Perry just did a week or so ago, you know, she did some, something with um, uh, Justin from Twitch and Stephen, i never pronounced the name of this token, Tether, Tether T-H-E-T-A. Anyway, they did a big deal, you know, with her Vegas show. Um, That's
1: data. That's theta. TV. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So that was really interesting because that pairing um, is just not the most natural thing you, you would think of uh, immediately. Um, and y- you, you see people looking at this in a different way. And when we get to things like being able to shard music and have a piece of music that now is many pieces not tokenization, but actually just individual collectibles that are part of a bigger piece. Um, that also gets interesting with, with what you can do, especially with the guys that own the rights to their music. So that's exciting. Um, I just think you're going to see creativity flourish. It's not necessarily going to be now about the money you can make. It was early. Um, so I think you're going to see people developing really interesting spaces. I mean, I'm, I'm really looking forward to a lot of the metaverse stuff um, you know, it's a whole new ball game. you know, being able to build in the metaverse. And, and I'm that dumb guy that like saw the land. I was there early and I'm like, who the hell would buy this? You know which, which, I mean? which metaverses
0: do you think have the most promise? What, what's number and one, it, two and three on your list? Y-
2: y- you know, it, it's always going to be, you know, crypto voxels and decentral land. You know, they were they were early. Um, what's going to be interesting is to see the new kind of metaverses that are emerging and whether they're decentralized or not what about Um, sandbox i mean they're selling land like crazy yeah i i you know that that's that's pretty interesting you know i bought some sand um i don't think i bought any land i mean it's just you know that 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 was going back to the story of you know when i got interested in this and went down the rabbit hole you know, just really spending time looking at everything. There's so much to look at. You can wake up at 6.30 in the morning and do this till 11. And there's still more stuff. You know, there's drops every day. Um, I think I did two new drops last night. Um, One called um, Fame Lady Squad, which sold out. It was so cool. It was, I think it's, you know, this project that is um, driven all by women. um, And they give a lot back to charity and all of the nfts are women and then this other thing called monstro cities uh which also now has a metaverse connection to it and and literally every day you can find something new i um, I, I bought some of those the, the monstro- oh, monstrosities that? i did, did.
0: i did, did. Yeah, I it look like you actually you know yeah. it,
2: the hair and everything actually yeah yeah that was like a lead balloon thanks joel nice uh, response you're welcome
1: <laughs> where do you go to find these drops right because there's so many different things that are popping out. You mentioned, you know, I don't have time to see it on Twitter. Is there like a go-to resource for you where you're like seeing upcoming cool NFT drops?
2: Yeah, you know, it, 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 it's a whole bunch of things. Um, I mean, I think I have found the sites that, that I'm comfortable with. You know, OpenSea, you know, even though I got ripped off for, for a fake NFT in a bad way, um, you know, really is a place that a lot of the drops I'm interested in um, are happening, you know that that's where you can see the secondary sales. But Twitter is kind of ground zero. Discord, also, you know. And then yeah, but you
0: don't you don't know um, until it's happened, right? If something sells out, like we missed me bets, and it's like, oh well, they're gone. So how do
2: you get in front of these things? Well, you know, I'll tell you this: I bought my me bits at a pretty expensive rate. You know, there was a moment in time where you could go on Open Sea and buy them for half you know in the secondary so you don't have to be there for the drop necessarily you know um and and that was part of the problem with the market you know when you were looking at these open editions that were happening on rarible and kind of other sites you know a fan would come buy an open edition and then you know be able to buy it immediately for half or less uh on one of those secondary sites and and that's super um problematic but right but that's that's not getting in front of it
0: like there's people who bought it when they went live how You know what is the best place to go to to get in front of it open sea is all secondary or they're just selling their collection directly uh, that way
2: but you you would be amazed at how many amazing things i've been able to buy in a secondary on open sea you know watching something that's actually ramping up the chart you know, giving gives a pretty good indication if, if it's something I want to buy, if it's something I'm interested in. So that's not the worst thing in the world. I mean, I love, you know, minting immediately. The place I find that stuff is is through the groups I'm part of. I'm, you know, part of Telegram groups. Um, the Dow Universe guys have some amazing groups. You know, the Ido guys, you know, which are more into fine art, you know, have some groups. And, and it's just like anything else. You know, the comparison between the music business and I think you know, the NFT world. And the reason I love it so much, it, besides the fact I like collecting, is there's this community aspect. And, you know, when I was a young guy, if you hung out with Alice in Chains, there's a good chance you, and I know you, you know what I'm talking about, Joel, there's a good chance you knew about Soundgarden or Temple of the Dog. Same thing with the, with the early kind of EDM stuff. You know, if you're hanging out with Moby, you probably knew about the Shaman and Staring MCs. And, you know, I think the NFT world and crypto world is really, really similar. You know, these guys know each other, they're excited about it. And if you can, you know, spend enough time on Twitter, I mean, even now, like the people I'm meeting on Twitter that are just so, um, you know, uh, enthusiastic about the space. I mean, that's where you hear everything. I mean, that's where I heard about this Fame Girl thing and I got to know those people. And I think it's this really cool way to communicate, especially if you're antisocial like me and never want to leave the house. Um, like lots, <laughs> thinking, of like, I think I need to
1: get a big monitor that just has like hashtag NFTs rumbling on it all the time. So I can just monitor that to see what the hell's coming down the pipeline because there's so much stuff going on. It's hard. To, it's easy to
2: miss. Uh, yeah, I miss a lot of it, too. I mean, sorry, that's my dog barking. I just uh,
1: Shut up, dog.
2: I, we, we welcome dogs here. I mean, um so yeah you know it, it 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 you know I miss them too and I get pissed when I miss them but some of the big ones that are coming you know you, you just try to get ahead of it and, and schedule it and you know I definitely buy too much and it, there's too much kind of a um diversification on <laughs> I buy sometimes and this is personally anyway
0: Well that's um, a that's a really but, good point how <laughs> much room is there in the NFT space for this generative art right Uh, and and what's going to need to happen with these pieces you know crypto voxel crypto punks were never used for for anything other than collectibles crypto kitties you could sire them and make new ones but now we're seeing roadmaps that Uh include utility for these things does that mean the the time of just collecting pretty pictures as generative is coming to a close or are we just getting started with
2: it i think you're getting started with it all and and, you know it, it it to me, it's more like everyone's going to have their lane. You know, there's artists like, you know, Lenora who did, you know, the whole boy series. That's just a piece of fine art right now. And it's beautiful. And, um, you know, I see her, you know, moving into a place where, you know, she'll be able to integrate those uh, into virtual reality. Um, And, you know, I think the medium allows the artist to get far more creative. And I always thought, you know, there was this beauty, it sounds ridiculous, but this beauty in crypto and technology. And, you know, as a guy that was a fan of, you know, Neuromancer and, you know, those books and, and seeing it kind of come to fruition, you know, Snow Crash and, and all of that, or, you know, you, you get really excited about kind of what's possible, you know? And, um, you know, I found myself really getting caught into kind of traditional finance and traditional, you know, venture. And, you know, Rahila Zafar, you um, a friend of mine that worked at consensus Um, early on she opened up the middle east for them really amazing person um she like reset me and you know when i go back to kind of how i started my career it was really kind of idealistic in the sense that just wanted to do fun shit and i forgot along the way you know what that was about And, and you know when she started to show me you know how these communities worked around decentralized Properties. It was really kind of inspiring um, because money wasn't the driver. And look, everyone loves money. Money's great, but it, it was nice to see that you know these collaborative efforts um, were creating these really interesting um, uh, NFTs and, and you know other kinds of um, paradigms that hadn't been created before. I mean, look, take a look at, at DeFi as a whole. They don't, they didn't really like what the financial industry, but they didn't like the returns. Let's just call it what it is. You know, your bank return isn't as good as a DeFi return. And, and that's why, you know, something like Aave has $20 billion staked in it, which is, you know, unheard of, you know, throwing my little raves at, you know, 25 years old. I don't, you know, I wasn't going to get $20 billion in one of my raves. And the fact that they can do this now, you know, being online and, and reaching out is pre- pretty interesting.
1: Yeah, I tell you, it's a fun space to keep an eye on, you know, and even even with, um, you know, some of the stuff that's going on, we, we love Wax. We pay attention to Wax, a lot, a lot of stuff going on on E. You're talking about Avogache. What are some of the other chains that are interesting to you? I know that Binance is starting to do some stuff and there's, yeah. there's some other ones. Are there some other chains that are that, 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 uh, that pull your chain?
2: Yeah, I mean, there, there are, and it's fun to see see them develop. You know, the, the reason I think Ethereum you know, is predominantly, um, you know, the, the mainstay is, again, the DeFi stuff that's happened on Ethereum, but also, you know, this whale culture emerged. And you had a lot of guys, you know, really supporting um, the art that was coming off that chain. Um, I, You know, look, I bought something on the Binance chain. I, you know, I hear that it's doing well now for artists. And if artists can make money on another chain like Binance, I'm all for it. I mean, I don't love you know a lot of the stuff that's been replicated. You know they have their version of crypto punks, which are called bunks with a B. They have their version of OpenSea, which is called OpenSea. You know, so they kind of knock everything off. And um, I mean, I don't love that part, but you know, if it's making money for artists, I think that's good. You know, the the Cardano guys are doing some really interesting things. You know, um, which which I think we'll see rampant and. I mean, I don't think anything is, is quite as wide right now um, as the stuff that's built on Ethereum, but I guess time will tell. Look, I mean, the other side of that really is, is the stuff that is completely centralized. Um, you know, the stuff that we have emerging in sports, the stuff that we're going to see coming out of, um, you know, more traditional uh, companies. I mean, everyone right now seems to be building their version of uh, NFT, Instagram, that, that's I'm hearing a lot about that right now where, you know, any uh, um, photo can be an NFT and they'll build these. NFT Instagram. Things. Exactly. They'll, they'll build we, we
1: talked about that a year or so ago. We're mm-hmm. like, man, it's like, why would somebody want to like, you know, Kylie Jenner? Like she could put up a photo and she gets 5 million likes on it. But if she puts it up and there's only 100 of them available for people to download and save and as an NFT, And that's that's kind of a good thing, especially when you're tying in social money, tying in social money plus NFTs, right? It seems to me to be a whole new unexplored space for a lot of artists. I think we're going to see more of that as we move forward. What do you think?
2: I think we're going to see a lot more of the social stuff. I mean, look, you got the BitClout experiment. You know, they've got really good people behind it. We'll we'll, we'll see how that pans out. But yeah, I mean, you know, it makes a lot of sense that, uh, you know, any photo I take can um, now be a, a NFT. We're going to see the, the you know, mint your own Shopify model with all the media companies. Um, I think I've read recently, you know, that uh, Iger and Disney and, you know, all of these guys are, are you know, really investing a lot of uh, resource into, into the whole metaverse thing, because it makes sense, you know, that that's kind of like taking take amusement parks, you know, out, out of the physical realm and, you know, doing them in, the, in this, you know, virtual place is really uh, pretty interesting. And, you know, getting back to Rahila, she gave me this Oculus Quest. I mean, everything with Rahila, she pushes me on something and I kind of get into it and look at it. And I don't know if you guys have played with the, with the quest, but it's like amazing, like all what, the time. Yeah, it's unreal. I right?
0: am a beat saber master.
2: Yeah, I am. Well, it would make sense that you would be. Don't um, mess with me. There was a beat (laughs) beat joke in there somewhere. Um, But, uh, you know, the games are just unbelievable. And I think that's really where we're going to see a lot of this stuff emerge. So anyone who thinks, you know, like NFTs are dead, they're not selling as much. It's like, just look at what they do. You know, the ability to change a piece of art. You know, I have Samsung frames in my house. Um, I like them because they were just kind of low profile televisions. Um, but, you know, the, there will be a minute, you know, coming up pretty quick where my NFTs will be displayed on my frame. Um, and it doesn't mean I'm going to get rid of my physical art, but it, it, it is a nice way to display the NFTs that I may be really proud of. You know, if you look at the fact that Jay-Z, you know, just changed his icon in Twitter to a CryptoPunk, you know, I mean, I can't think of anyone, I mean, who's still as culturally kind of relevant as Jay-Z is. And I find myself putting my CryptoPunk, you know, as my icon um, in all of my social media. Not that I have a lot of followers because I don't, but <laughs> it, it's still fun to, you know, it, it's almost just fun to say, you know, here's a CryptoPunk. I'm into crypto. So I uh, heard for the
1: grapevine that you guys are maybe launching a, a fund of some sort. Is this a DeFi NFT fund or is this a, a full-on venture fund? What's going on?
2: I, I think so. It is it is a fund um, that's you know an NFT fund. I think it's first one of its kind. You know we've seen a lot of the DAOs out there. You know like the Flamingo DAO, and I think there, there's a bunch of kind of DAOs that have been relegated to you know supporting uh, artists. You know through, through their NFT work. And I was spending so much time on this. Um, you know, my partners continued to tell me we should launch a fund. And I kept saying, what's that have to do with finance? Because I'm the one guy that came from the music business. And, you know, all these guys came from finance. And Ben Tsai, you know, kind of woke me up. And he said, look, dude, you know, art funds, you know, are about finance in some cases. So feel free doing it. And I just didn't, see anyone kind of doing as much research as me spending so much time in the space so I you know I kind of reluctantly agreed to it but now now I like the idea of it you know being able to support artists in that way and and the fund's really just going to be 70 percent collectibles um, and 30 percent infrastructure that I believe in and you know I'm kind of a purist in my thinking uh, in terms of what I believe in, in the art I want to be connected to. And, and I think there's a good financial opportunity in some ways too, although that's not the main driver um, because I think the way NFTs are being valued, there, there's a lot missing. You know, right now there's like one set of tools, rarity tools, and you know, they're basing it on scarcity and, and rarity and, and how these things are generated. And I think you know, there, there has to be an aesthetic value to art as well. So why not work that into it? And, and I think you can take these different approaches to, you know, what you think is going to be popular and important. And, you know, I read something recently that Christie's compared crypto punks to early Warhols. you know, and, and I love that. You know, that that's the stuff that is really interesting. And, you know, I bought these bored apes and, you know, a month later I was offered um, 10 times the money, you know, for those bored apes. And I've never sold anything. And I, and that's, you know, I'm a terrible guy to run a fund in that way. <laughs> I've never sold anything. Um, but uh, You're a collector. a I, I like collecting this stuff and, you know, really there, there is this, this part of supporting artists and um, it's cool. You know, these artists, artists haven't made, some of them have never made any money and to be able to just go in and, and, you know, be fortunate enough to be able to support them. That's really cool. You know, and I, and I want to do more of that. So that that's really kind of also the impetus because you know with the fund, you have a much bigger war chest, um, you know in terms of what you can deploy and hopefully the people that are you know supporting the fund, you know obviously the goal is to make a return for them and um, if we take a look at just some of the early returns already, it's it it makes a lot of sense. So uh, what's the website for the fund? It's not even up. It's it's you know it's Wave Financial. Um, right. It will be up. It's it's all been structured at this point. And the cool thing about it too is, you know, a lot of kind of really good early tastemakers are going to be part of it. And and it's it's weird, man. For the longest time, I, I was like you, Joel. I'm sure you were just like me in terms of the fact that, you know, I would isolate, I would just do my own businesses, I would, you know, just not leave the house. And I'm in a lot of ways still like that. But you know, with with Wave, the one thing that it did show me is that collaboration can be strong. Um, and when you collaborate with people, you, you really do get the benefit of their ideas. And in my case, most of them are better than mine. And, you know, that's been the really fun thing about this as well. Like collaborating with these, these young guys who are really into the space, their ideas are just so different than mine and at 53. And, you know, it it's really cool to still be curious and inspired. Right on. Well, Les, where can people look you up? You know, Twitter is the best place right now because you know, I think I spend most of my time there. And it's just at Les B o r s a i. B-O-R-S-A-I. It's all
0: in the show notes, gang. Les thanks for coming on and sharing your thoughts with us today.
2: Thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. The dude is both smart
0: and funny. But he not nearly, NFTs, as,
1: doesn't he? She's he's not nearly all all as good energies. looking as me. Not quite as good looking as Sir Lord Joel Kham, no. but I mean, frankly, who is?
0: I mean that that's true. That is I mean,
1: seriously, let's be real about this.
0: In the deluded world that I live in, I believe that as well.
1: <laughs> he was over here yesterday with his shirt off, folks. You you're you guys missed out. It was making an hit.
0: NFT. There's hair everywhere. Lots of hair. Yeah.
1: yeah. If we do if we do a bro punk of Joel, we need to make sure that he's shirtless with lots of hair on his chest.
0: Lots of hair <laughs> and uh and lots of tan. I mean, I'm really pleased with the color, right? You know, this Yeah, looks... you're
1: looking, you look actually like, like you might be Latino. <laughs> didn't you say didn't you have somebody say that like, wow, you actually look like if you spoke Spanish, you could pass like for like you're like one of those like We're not Ricardo Montalban looking guys.
0: See, I'm a Boricua. That's what they call uh, Americans that are now Puerto Ricans. And we just dodged another bullet here in Puerto Rico. Uh, Last week, it was potential tropical storm Fred which we were threatened with. And Fred passed by the island. We did not get hit at all. And we were supposed to wake up this morning, timestamp, it is Sunday, August 15th, 2021. We were supposed to wake up to um, 30 to 55 mile per hour winds from Tropical Storm Grace. Well, guess what? Grace gave us grace and blew south of where we are, I think hit the western part of the island, but it's been rainy all day.
1: Mm-hmm. It has been. And you know what? I mean, that's so my kid, my son and my brother uh, were going to fly here today, but I was like, wait a second. You might be flying literally into the eye of a big ass tropical storm. So uh, how about we, we delay that for a day? And you know, what was crazy. Here's what was crazy. So I contacted American airlines and, you know, and I was like, all right, well, we need to make change the flights. And they're like, <clears throat> so I'm going through the whole, the whole process on the phone and they're like, The whole time is four hours and 37 (laughs) minutes. It's like, would you like to hold your place in line? And then we'll call you back. And I was like, okay, that's going to be like 11 o'clock in the evening. Okay. And then I call back at like about 10 o'clock and I'm like, all right, so three hours have passed. Maybe the phone lines have died down a bit. I call back and it's like, oh, we recognize your number. Travis, right. You're still in queue. You have two out. you have between two hours and 58 minutes and three hours and 35 minutes and i was like what i've been already been on the hold for three hours so i wait until two o'clock i call back and it says you you're in line for, you wait to be called back in an hour and 58 minutes and i was like are you shitting me i've already been on hold for six hours and so i tweet the I DM american airlines because i know that i normally will fly united but I know United's having problems with a lot of pilots leaving the company because they're all being forced to be mandated with the vaccines. And a lot of them don't want that. And so I know that are not doing that right now, at least yet, but something's going on where a lot of these employees are not showing up for work anymore. And, but I called, I, I connected with them on Twitter and um, sent them a tweet in, on the DM. They, they messaged me back at about four 30 in the morning. So I just was, I kind of was dozed in and out. And then I called back and I was still an hour and a half in the queue uh, at 6 a.m. in the morning. And uh, so wow. so luckily, right about seven o'clock this morning, Twitter, they got back to me and they switched my flight on a Twitter DM. So I just had to verify everything through them and they were able to switch it with no change fees. So that was good. But good Lord, I'm probably still in the queue because I've not gotten a phone call back from them. That was an amazing
0: story. Really, are you being good. smart, you being a yeah, smart ass. I'm being a smart ass. That's is...
1: it's just crazy. It's crazy to me. I mean, who how, have you been on queue for? Ele- have you ever been on queue
0: for eleven hours with some company? Oh, well, I mean, if you count the times that they never call you back, and then I've been on queue for years. <laughs>
1: okay, but well, like I'm still in the queue because they said I am. But anyways, it's because you're it's because you're such a cutie. Thank you. oh, oh so nice. we're very so complimentary. This is the overly complimentary episode of. Add crypto. We're oh, you're not.
0: just saying that because you're so amazing. Thank you. So true. Hey, it's what's finally, going on it's with great um, that you
1: finally acknowledged my greatness?
0: What's happening with Cardano? Uh, I don't know. I've just been kind of watching this here and it like pop popped. It's it's up 48% over the last seven days. At Ripple is up 63% to a buck 31. Yep. Like there's a well, few. Well, I have people- an
1: idea about Cardano, but we're not ready to talk about that yet.
0: We do have ideas, but I don't think that our ideas have anything to do with it. I don't not
1: our that. ideas. It's there's a there's some big companies that are being built and starting to utilize and come out that they're going to be utilizing Cardano. They're going to be paying commissions out in Cardano and ADA. And there's some other stuff that's going on. So mm-hmm. it's like there might be I think there's some some uh, little bit of FOMO rumors before the news popping out in some cases. But we'll see. I mean, I think more and more stuff. I think ADA is finally ready and nearly fully baked. And I think we're going to start seeing some DeFi platform stuff popping up on Cardano and NFT platforms and some other stuff. So maybe not a bad idea to take take attention. I used to have a bunch of ADA back when it was like five cents. Had a friend say, you need to buy some of this. And so I bought some of it and I was like, all right. And then I got out of it whenever it hit like 20 cents. So good job, Travis.
0: What's really interesting to me is to try to look at crypto through the lens of time. And I'm not talking about looking to the past necessarily. I'm talking about looking to the future by examining the past. Uh, The question being all right, we're looking at Bitcoin today. As of right now, it's 46,681. Ethereum is 32,58. But where was crypto a year ago? today. And, and by looking at this, can we kind of speculate where we'll be looking, you know, back a year from now to today? Bitcoin a year ago, uh, almost today, the snapshot in coin market cap is from the 16th, not the 15th. Bitcoin was 11,892. It's more than 4x that now. Ethereum was $433.00 so what is that? That's um
1: about 8x that, 8, is that 8x ish, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh Cardano, which is number three now, was 13.8 cents. It's 218 right now. It was number I about, 10. That's
1: like about a 13x, 14x. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh Binance coin was 2350. It's 409 mm. today. That's a 20x right there, baby. Uh, but I'll tell you, if you should invested, go back to
1: listen to our episodes back in August of 2020, when we told you to buy Binance and we told you to buy Ethereum and we told you to buy Cardano. It well, was we, financial we advice. we didn't tell anybody to buy. We anybody. told you all of it. We said buy it all and you can't prove it.
0: Now, here's here's one that would have been a poor investment um, a year ago. Tether, uh, it was a dollar then. It's a dollar now.
1: That's true. Litecoin was $63. Now it's $183. So even if you invested all your money in Litecoin, you'd be up three extra money right there.
0: Dogecoin, which is now $0.32, cents, was 0.0035. It was mm-hmm. a third of a penny. So that is, how. what kind of multiplier That's is that?
1: That's 100X right there.
0: No, no, it's more than that. $0.03. Cents, well, so
1: Yes. Yeah. Uh, no, you're right. Thirty cents you're would right. be 10 X and then yeah. 30 cents would be hundred X. And it's like what? 31 cents or something. 32 wow. cents. So more than a hundred X it's actually gone up. Almost has gone up almost 110 X actually was, was dot even on dot. That, that wasn't even a
0: thing a year ago. Um, well, it hadn't you, been
1: rolled out yet. They were, they were working on it, but it wasn't, it wasn't fully launched yet.
0: Right. Um, let's see. Uniswap was also not yet uh it wasn't a top 200 token if it was a token solana wasn't um what else we got chain link
1: was 18 dollars, and now it's 27 dollars. so that didn't that didn't if you invested all of it in that it, it didn't really go up like what you should have done was take all your chain link gains and then put them in Dogecoin. so if we're going to go back this is the way back machine time machine edition of what you should have done but didn't
0: Matic was three cents. It's a buck 46 now. So, you know, the way I try to look at my investments now and gain perspective, a lot of people are very short term in the crypto markets. Now, if you want to really have fun with it, go back another year. And look at what these were, you know, a year previous. Yeah, there's going to be some ups and downs, but some of them that were brand new companies at the time are now, you know, leading the way. Try to look at what crypto is going to be a year from now and look back to today and go, damn, I can't believe Ethereum was 3256 because I believe, as do many of others, that a year from now, we're going to have seen an eight to $10,000 Ethereum.
1: Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I I think it could happen quicker than we think, right? It depends on if this next bull run is going to go boom, boom or not, or when it's going to go boom, boom. I mean, it does seem to be that um, you know we've been hanging around for the longest time with Bitcoin hanging around, you know, between thirty and and forty grand, and now here we are. We're seeing the forty upper forties now. It's like how long until we pop through fifty? Pop through fifty, then then you start getting people all excited again, and then next thing you know, we'll be at a hundred grand probably.
0: Well, what you see is the people who bought during the last pop up to 65 start to go, oh, you know what? Maybe maybe I haven't lost my money yet. If they didn't (laughs) sell.
1: Right. Right. No, you did. It's
0: gone. Oh, sorry gone forever. Well, hey, everybody, thanks for listening. We appreciate you joining us here for this year podcast. And if you appreciate us, you can show that appreciation by sending us copious amounts of your Bitcoin. Now, you don't have to do that. Just go. We don't need we don't want your money. We've got great sponsors for the show. We're very fortunate to be advisors on some really great projects. We want to keep this show free for you. But, you know, if you want to take a moment to go review us. Give us five stars on whatever platform you're listening. Write us a review, thumbs us up, double thumbs up, uh, subscribe, ring the bells, and uh, you can send us uh, boxes of Omaha steaks if you want. That would be okay.
1: Yeah, actually, if you want to send us a great crypto, there is one out there called Corn, and uh, <laughs> I don't know if you know this or not, but uh, fully diluted market cap is one hundred and eighty-seven thousand dollars of the Corn. Project $15 and 62 cents per corn. No, okay. Is I now corn this, dot finances? It's a real
0: thing. Okay. So this, a, I just searched for corn on CoinGecko, and there's actually there's cornicon, which the yes. symbols corn. There's also corn, which symbols corn. There's BitCorn, which is corn. And then there's the popcorn token that's also corn. So,
1: so, so be confused which one you send us because we like the we like the one that's uh Easily digestible.
0: Well, we like the one with the, the highest market cap. <laughs> the the one that looking forward a year into the future is gonna make an appearance again.
1: It's true. Yeah.
0: Cause the actual iCorn finance that you're talking about is fifteen dollars and sixty-three cents per uh per corn. Yeah. Um it's not really <laughs> doing much trading. There's only four thousand eight hundred and thirty-seven total supply of them.
1: Gosh, I was just looking at the trending coins over here on CoinMarketCap.
0: The trending corns?
1: Yeah, the the, the trending ones. And uh, with $2.3 million in volume over the last 24 hours, come rocket, making a, shooting it shot again. It's already up to $68 million. Go get yourself some cummies. <laughs> You're really just going for the low hanging
0: fruit today, aren't you?
1: No, It literally was just hanging there. You might want
0: to wipe it off. It was a dangler. We'll catch you guys on the next episode. Until then, you don't need to tell us to stay bad. Or we don't we you don't need us to tell you to stay bad. Nobody needs to tell anybody to stay bad, just stay bad.